yo, yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode three of Spot Wrinkle Blemish Podcast. Man, I've been doing this thing for about three weeks now. It's the third week of the year, and I'm still going strong, man. I told y'all I wasn't giving up. God put it on my heart, so I got some stuff that I want to share with y'all. I got some stuff that I want to get off my chest, and I met some people that also want to get this, get some stuff off their chest. For those of you who this is your first time listening to Spot Wrinkle Blemish Podcast, my name is Rufus R.L. Sims. I hail from Pontiac, Michigan, but got a lot of love for the D. Uh, been 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 in the area for a while, and I met a bunch of people, man. And so, uh, one of my guests, or my guest for today, is somebody that I met a long time ago. Probably known this brother for maybe 20, 25, 30? So I don't know, man. We old, maybe at least twenty five years, at least at least twenty five years. Um, you know, um, who who I've known for a while, who uh, was kind of. OG for me that I saw when I was in youth youth service, um, you know, a part of a crew that I wanted to be a part of. Him and his crew put me in my first studio booth um, a long time ago. If I had to track, I would dig it up and, and play it for y'all. For y'all, I know he probably got it, but man, I just want to welcome my brother, the life coach, the speaker, the author, the father, Mr. Brian C. Lemons. What's going on, B. Lem? Hey, man, I'm, I'm appreciative of being here, man. I've been I've been out of high school for thirty five years. Oh, exposed. And and I met you before I graduated out of high school. So it's way over thirty five <laughs> years, bro. <laughs> we 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 we've earned the title of calling each other brother for real. You know, you these these cats out here don't understand the the law, what it means to, you know, call somebody your brother versus your friend. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Uh, I think there is a, a level of graduation when you really use that word. And I, and I say that um, in retrospect to something I just saw. So you got uh, you got you got your six p.m. friends and your and your three a.m. friends. Mm. Break you know it down. Six p.m. Six p.m. is a catch. You can only call up to about six p.m. and they're gonna <laughs> answer. <laughs> But when you get in that three a.m. that three a.m. realm, yeah, you know them your brothers because them the people is gonna pick up. And nine times out of ten, you know you can hear them getting their clothes on. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying pushing in a little pink coat, yeah, and getting ready because if you calling me this late, it's is you know it's on and popping. Yep. <laughs> Who car we gonna drive? Yeah, yep. yep. it's on. No, question, no questions asked. You know, what it's saying? on. So, you know, I'm, I'm appreciative of the relationship. Uh, in the span of the years and just, you know, growing together. So now when I first met you, you were spitting, you was rapping in youth group. And uh <laughs> the people really want to know, man, you still got some bars or what's going on with you? I think in retrospect, uh you never lose the gift. Okay. When you when you have it. Uh now the means of dusting it off. <laughs> And 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 putting it to use uh, is is a whole nother thing, you know. what I'm saying uh, it's like riding a bike. No matter, you know, once you understand the mechanics of it, uh, you'll never, you know, lose the fundamentals. 
For sure, for sure. So for all my people out there in Spot Wrinkle Blemish land, um, you guys may know that I also do music. Um, he He's actually known me since I was rapping in youth group. My name used to be OC, O to the C, Original Child. And he then he known me for it to transition to different names. He's known me when I was doing photography. I've done photo shoots for him. His brother's known me since I was uh, doing community service with Push the push Detroit, the Push Network, and the Push Punny, all the pushes. And so this brother's kind of known me, man. And and one thing I can say about B Lim is that um, you know, he is a he is a true brother. You know, none of us are perfect, but this brother's been with me um kind of in my life. He's one of the people that, you know, when I talk to my wife and and, and she asks me, hey, if something went down and you needed to call somebody <laughs> to, to scrap. Or to, or to do whatever, who would you call? And he's definitely one of the names that I would call because I know it's going to go down. I don't know what side of town you represent, though. You represent Highland Park. What you represent, man? Hey, look, where where I'm presently would never, <laughs> would never uh, uh, describe where I'm from. Okay. okay. <laughs> the all reason right. why you can call me when it all goes down okay. is because I was born, raised, and we'll always hail from the east side of Detroit, Michigan. East side on them. East side on them. Represent <laughs> out that end. Yeah, baby. That's that's, right. the, that's that's the side of the city that gives you a stamp of approval no matter Ooh. what city you go through. Ooh. Sean okay. said it best. I come to your visit. I come to your town. I come to your city to visit, but you cannot travel through mine. No. <laughs> okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, B-Lam. So listen, man, This the, the point of this podcast is really – just to uh, hear people's testimonies a little bit, um, but then to encourage people, the listeners out there who maybe have been through something, maybe a disconnect with God, a disconnect with the church, and and encourage them through our testimony. The word says we overcome by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony. And so we don't hide that over here, man, as far as mm-hmm. um, And so I would love, man, if you could just kind of open up a little bit about briefly your story of how you came to the to the faith and what that looked like all the way down because you come from a, a different perspective where you actually went to ministry school um, yeah. so can you talk on that um you know just kind of give people an idea of like what, what meeting christ what coming to the faith looked like for you um well I, mean, I was like 14 i was high school um and my my best friend uh, my brother uh his father actually started to uh, seek out churches to go to. And because of how close we were on the block, um, when I say the block, I mean, you know, the neighborhood we was in, we grew up in a neighborhood whereas, you know, all the houses was up, the kids came out, they played uh, football in the streets, tag, all that stuff. Like we grew up in in an actual neighborhood, a community. And um, being that a lot of us were in single parent homes, my brother, you know, uh, Charles, his father, who we call Big Charles, he was like, one of the dads of the street, he organized stuff for us to do so we wouldn't just be out doing stuff aimlessly. And uh, he stumbled upon a ministry. And uh, when his family started going, I was part of the family. So I started going. And what got me, the first time I went, I went to this youth service, man. I was like, man, these cats are here cussing like me. Like, what what I need to be in here for, man? I'm doing this already. Like, I really didn't see anything that was worthwhile. And then uh, I got invited again. And it was uh, another another guy there. Uh, the youth pastor had switched, and uh, he looked like us, talked like us, um, but he was different. 
and um yo man it was it was bumping man it was there was you know it was it was a it was a whole experience yeah. and you don't get to me of those type of acknowledgements outside of somebody going to a concert in the 90s you know we're talking about 94 95 you know you go to church like man dog, i had this experience like it was crazy they was doing this they was doing this it was rocking like you don't hear to me people saying that about church only if they went to you know concerts rep concerts like dog it was off the chain and, you know it it was um it was something new it was something different it was refreshing and it made me want to come back then they had uh some of the finest girls i had uh seen <laughs> <laughs> so that was another reason why i kept it going <laughs> hey whatever the, whatever the win the loss whatever they got to do to win hey, the man, loss. hey look man actually you, let me you, take uh, that back i don't want to say whatever <laughs> No, man, it was, it was, you know, whatever gets you hooked, gets you hooked because uh, initially one thing that might get you coming won't necessarily be the thing that keeps you coming. Mm. And, um, you know, that wasn't it. It was kind of like, um, like I met this, it was one particular young lady and uh, it was a funny story, man. Like I had this, <laughs> every time I sit on the end of something, and they'd be like, yo, go pick somebody. Go get it. I ended up getting picked. So I got picked, man. I was a, had to go on stage and do this dumb routine, man. And this girl just kept making me do the stuff. <laughs> and I ended up meeting her afterwards. And we ended up developing a relationship, man. And I was fronting. She's like, you know, yeah, I read the Bible every day. How about you? I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but then I end up having to. You know what I'm saying? And to keep up with her, you know, it was kind of like the footprint. So the relationship then, kept you, kept you, or encouraged you to get it, strong. Yeah, it, it, encouraged, yeah, it encouraged me to like actually follow up, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm seeing what she's doing and I like her. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, I need to step my game up. And then I just, you know, my dedication of coming kind of put a spotlight on me. And then the front couldn't be a front anymore. It had to be something serious. Yeah. And the more I like started studying, reading, it became a real thing. So as when I say the thing that gets you going, don't necessarily have to be the thing that keeps you going. Yeah. But the thing that got me going was her, of course, but that wasn't what kept me. It was the relationship that I developed with God through that mm. ministry that kept me going. And uh yeah, man, the rest is history. Yeah. So you 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 you've um came into the faith at a young age. What would you say is like kind of the big difference between the church then and the church right now? Like everything. as a whole, what would you say? <laughs> everything. Is, you say everything. <laughs> everything. Everything, bro. <laughs> everything is different. Like what? Would you say it's more relaxed in a pool pit? What, what would you say? Because you, you know. <sighs> you know some behind the scenes stuff, meaning, you know, you used, to, man, you used to preach. I was authenticity. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a there's a pastor here by the name of Pastor Josh. Um uh dang, what is it? Anchor Crossing Anchor Church. White guy, bald guy. Yeah. I met him over social media and he was having this night worship thing and they were blowing it up so i jumped on and we were part of the same organization arc and 
we were like minded. I'm like, he was like, man, come through, check us out. I'm like, all right, cool, man. I'm gonna come, I'm gonna come to the night worship. I'm gonna come to the night worship. And uh, I got off work. I was married at the time. And I was like, yo, uh, I'm on my way home. And my wife was like, uh, my, my wife then, she was like, uh, she was like, aren't you going to the worship night thing? I'm like, ah, y'all know, I want to come home with the kids, you know, you, some, somewhere that, and she, but she was like, go. I went, man, and I had never experienced something so authentic. Mm. That's the only way I can, I can, I can, I can, I can describe it, bro. Like, like is this, is this like a traditional church or or not? No, man. Like no. Like this brother was like he was somewhere else, man. Like it was, it was, <laughs> it was, it was. It was. Uh, it was uh, I hadn't I hadn't seen so many white and black people together, dog. In an authentic worship, bro, where I I literally was just caught up in it. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I was I was no longer a spectator. I was just like, bro, like. Where has where has this gone? Like why hasn't why isn't this everywhere? Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm why, saying? Isn't, like, why, why isn't that everywhere? Yeah, like I was like, oh, I was dumbfounded, bro. I was lost in worship in this place. Like, and I had just all I knew to do from was Instagram, yeah. and it was my first time meeting him. I'm, I, you know, I've been, you know, we everybody church different now. They got the little coffee shop in there now. Yeah, going there and it's like, hey, how you doing? You know, you take pictures and stuff like that. That's and how they kind of like, and it's kind of like fluff, you know what I'm saying? You go into service and it's kind of like fluff, and you're like, uh, yeah, <sighs> all right, you know, yeah, I heard it before, yeah, yeah, okay, I heard that one before, yeah, okay, there's no new POV, but I go in this place, man, and this white dude with this beard, and it's not even from the D, mm. captivates me, man, spiritually, wow. like, so what is me. What do you think? Is that what the the church needs right now, or the body of Christ needs? Does, does it need to? Because there's different points of thinking on this. Some people think we need to get back to the basics of church as we used to do it back in the day, just Jesus and music and stomping and 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 preaching and no extra theatrics, like nothing extra. Let's just get back to the basics. Um, some people think we need to evolve and move on and, and adapt to the world that we live in adapt to our surroundings and change the culture um from within kind of what, what, what do you stand on that on that I think, I think we need to stop guessing and just tap into god mm. you know what i'm saying i think everybody's guessing and that's the problem right <clears throat> this is my look and this is my opinion right if god knows how to change his methods of reaching people throughout the ages of time why is it so difficult to for dif- so difficult for us to reach new generations, to just transcend, mm. to move into why? Why is it such? Why we got, we gotta do it this way? We gotta go back to this way? Why, why don't we just ask God? Like, okay, God, what is the means for me to reach this generation? And then it follows up after that. Okay, God, this is a new generation. What is the means for me to reach this generation? What do I need to do? What is my not looking at somebody else and what they doing? Not looking at another person what they doing? No, dealing with God and what he called you to do, how am I supposed to minister to the people that you're going to bring to me? Yeah. Not nobody else, to me. How am I supposed to reach them? And when we were teenagers, we were with someone that I believe actually did that because out of that ministry produced 
a lot of people who were hungry enough to say, I'm going to serve in this capacity. I'm either going to go to college and I'm going to establish a ministry there. I'm going to go to ministry school and I'm going to establish a ministry or come back to a ministry. Like we, it produced a hunger in people that they wanted a relationship with God so much so that they wanted to serve. Yeah. Serve, now, lead, whatever God. Serve, me, yeah. Now with that comes mentorship. And I think that was the downfall of the ministry because a lot of people went, with a whole bunch of eggs in one basket. And when they realized that basket had holes in that mug, it changed the perspective of their life and the course of where it went. And it was more battling than glorifying. That's good. That's good. All right. Woo. Let's take a, 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 a quick little break. I want to play some audio from uh, Jackie Hill Perry that I, that I, that I heard her, that she posted earlier this week on her Instagram. You know, Jackie Hill Perry, right? B. The name sounds familiar. Come on, baby. You got to get help. She can spit. She's a poet. She's a speaker. She got a heck of a testimony, but um, I'll let y'all do y'all own research. But I'm just going to play like a, a snippet of this audio, and then i love to kind of get your opinion on some of the stuff she was saying, B. And then after that, I want to go into kind of who hurt you or what, what do you know about church hurt um, and, and how can it bring people out. So let me just play this right quick. The church yeah. has been insane. It, absolutely insane. I don't even have to say it. We've seen 15,000 TikToks at this point about everything that's going ha happening in the church. What I'm here to say is guard your heart from hopelessness. Because what can happen when you see carnality being sanctified, when you see pulpits made common instead of sacred, when you see false prophets among God's people uh, functioning in the spirit of divination in, instead of the spirit of God, saying true things but living bad lives. When you see the Bible being mishandled and abused for selfish ambition and gain, like like when you see prosperity teaching being being packaged as your purpose and da 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 da, independent of what God and His Word has said. Like when you see that type of stuff, it's discouraging. It, you start to you start to wonder if righteousness is real. If, if holiness is possible, if faithfulness is even a thing anymore. And so you start to doubt subtly in very small ways, God and his word. And that's when the enemy sneaks in. And that's when he starts to get access to you, where you start to move in the same way they do, because you laid aside your hope. You get what I'm saying? Like, so that's heavy. <laughs> that's heavy. <laughs> What's your first thoughts, initial reactions? Um, true. True, very true. Um, I love the first thing that stuck out to me was just said, guard your heart. Mm -hmm. Um, um, <sighs> there is, I, I would like, and I know it's not going to happen. I would like for there to be a more emphasis on the teaching of we are the church and not the building is the church. The building is the place of worship. Mm-hmm. But we are the church. And I think when the teaching of the relevance and the importance of understanding that we are the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, God, the Father, uh, Jesus, um, we will then take care of ourselves like we take care of the building. We beautify the building. We run to the building, we keep it clean, we keep it healthy, we make sure that, you know, wherever the weak points are is strong, if we understand that we are the church, then I think there will be 
a lot less suicide cases when it comes down to bishops, pastors, ministers, and etc. That weight is that weight is crazy. So then when we understand the importance of guarding our hearts and like guarding our hearts when we at church, you are the church. Yeah. But you have to guard your heart in all things. Should, should we, should we, shouldn't the, the church, okay, just speaking for the person that would say, well, shouldn't I let, be able to let my guard down while I'm at church? Shouldn't this be a place, a, a safe space that I can come be myself and not worry about being hurt? What, what do you, what do you say to that? I say, study the word yourself. One of the things that the church I grew up in that had the youth ministry, um, the pastor there who ended up turning into a bishop was always animate about studying the word yourself. Regardless of when we had guest speakers, like take notes and study your word yourself. I'll never forget. I'll never forget, man, this one big time guy, okay, world renowned uh, guy. And he told everybody, put their Bibles underneath the chairs <laughs> and, and respectfully just take his word for it. And that following Sunday, he was like, look, don't you ever, <laughs> don't you ever, <laughs> you got to see it for yourself. Yeah. And for yourself, man, you have to understand it. Look, man, there are a lot of ministries out there that are founded upon the word by way of a personal reflection. Mm. So a lot of times you're going to get the word, but it's going to be based off, you know, how, you know, how I do it. And so it is important to um, take notes mm-hmm. <laughs> and study yourself. Yeah, to show thyself approved, and 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 learn you know and learn God's voice for yourself, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, if you get laxed in doing so, it is very easy for you when you see the human side of the person that you call pastor to just throw everything away and god is like well no you lost sight that it's whether your pastor is a man is man of god man will always be first meaning that we'll always be flesh beings we'll always be emotional no matter how how we get on the pedestal that you place them whether it's a whether it's a, a female pastor a woman pastor there's always gonna be woman of god they're also they're always gonna be flesh beings and no one is exempt from being human, missing it, regardless to whatever weight you put on them. Uh, God is still God, but it comes with the development of that relationship. Now, you may say then, well, how do I not fall into that? That's a thin line. It's a very thin line. Half the time, you don't even know you crossed it. <laughs> my, my my great yeah, and my greatest example is this. Um, ever been to a party, and you'd be like, "Look, man, I think you had too much to drink," and they'd be like, "No, I had too much to drink. What you talking about? Like, I think, I think you know, no, no, you you had enough. Uh, no, man, hey, you trying to sound drunk? I ain't drunk. <laughs> yeah, you is. You cross the line. Yeah. If you're arguing with me." And I'm trying to tell you something that will safeguard you. You've crossed that line. <laughs> that's how thin it is. You don't even know. Even 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 the Bible talks about the how far we go, the grace may abound. Like it's 
Like there's an end. <laughs> there's a place in grace that you don't want to cross, but you won't even know you crossed it. You just be waking up with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Man, you you dropped some some great, great, great nuggets there. I think one of the things that stood out, you was telling me, talking about the, the pastor who turned into a bishop and just kind of some of the lessons that you learned from that. I would love to hear from you, you know, anything that you can, that you feel comfortable sharing with the people, you know, experience that you've had with any form of hurt in the church, whether it be from a man, from an organization, uh, from an opportunity or whatever, and kind of tie it in a bow on, because obviously you're still in the faith right now. You haven't given up on God. What made you push through that situation? There I go again, talking about push. I'm just going to change. I'm going to go on the chains tonight. What made you push through <laughs> that situation and kind of continue with God? Um, a couple of things, man. Uh, one was I had already left that ministry. You know, um, so I went away to ministry school. And uh, I was like, you know, I'm coming back. I'm serving here. I'm coming back. I'm going to be on staff. You know, that was kind of like, that was kind of like the NBA. You know, you go to college, get out of college, mm-hmm. go to the league. You know what I'm saying? Because I had been a part of everything that they had there, you know, concerning the youth. Like, they knew me, you know, um, and my dedication there. And um, it was hurtful, you know, seeing cats that had not been a part of the ministry, like, get jobs and get sent out places. And it was like, dang, you know, what the crap? Like, what's wrong with me? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, you know, you know, I, I got all the I got all the tools uh, and everything that the pretty girl want, but the pretty girl don't want me. <laughs> What's wrong with me? And you kind of go through, you know, about uh, what we didn't know then. It was depressing. But what, end up, what I end up um, realizing is that the guy that was my mentor through high school, um, he loved me, man. And he was like, you know, hey, why don't you, you know, help me? You know what I'm saying? I got this ministry, this youth ministry I'm trying to get off the ground, and I would love for you. And I'm, like, dedicated. Like, nah, man, I'm, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This church You still got everything. your heart set over here. Even though yeah, you're so you know rejected by the girl, you still in love yeah, with I'm the still, girl. I'm still, you know, I'm like, you know, man, my, nah, this is, this is where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? This is what I want to do, man. And, um, you know, it, it just it just didn't work out that way, you know. And so I, I'm like, you know what, man, I'm going, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take, I'm going to step out, which was unheard of. What you mean by that, man? Because everybody don't know them church, that church slang. What step out mean, like, man? Come like, on, man. Step out, man. Like, I was like, okay, you know, if y'all don't <laughs> want to take a chance. If y'all don't want to take a chance on me, uh, then I'm going to go over here. And that's what I did. And everybody's like, no, man, you know, you, you serve over here. You get underneath it. It's like, that's what I did. I, I served already. And it might have been a bit of arrogance, but it was like, I didn't put in all this work, then go prove myself in a whole different other state and come back here and be an usher. So did you feel like you were entitled or promised something that didn't get delivered? Or was it just something that you kind of you you hung your 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 hope and your expectations on something? And I, I put my hope at it was my hope and expectations because I saw the people that had not known anything about the ministry which i was from was from different states and everything not know one bit of anything graduate from this school and then get hired Mm -hmm. and then sent out and i'm like 
I'm like, okay, man, I'm gonna shoot in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we we about to get this cracking. We about to we about to get the next wave of you know what I'm saying this ministry going and and everything. And it didn't happen that way. And I was like, okay, you know, uh, you know, I, I packed up my stuff and. And, uh, now, did you talk? Did you before you packed up? Did you talk to anybody at the church? Did you? Yeah, say, I talked hey, to the. I talked to the. Um, I talked to the youth minister that kind of got me going, and he was like, he was like, nah, man, you want to stay? You know, serve, and it was kind of like prove yourself. You know, what I'm saying he was dedicated as well. You know, to the to the systematic way of doing things, and that just wasn't me. I, you know, it just wasn't me. I, I was I was different, and I and I left. And I went to my the guy that was the guy that and, and the guy that believed in me. They wanted to mentor me in ministry. Mm. Granted, he was part of the Baptist domination, and I grew up in a non-denominational, so it kind of put me ahead of the curve in a lot of things. But he valued what I had. That's why you stopped praying in the Holy Spirit because you went that way. That's right. Okay, <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it now. You terrible. I love all y'all. <laughs> you know what's crazy? A lot more people actually came out and started doing it when I started doing it. It was no longer private. It became public. And we de- I developed a, a youth ministry over there that was crazy. It was fanatics. It was hungry. You know, when they when they saw the things that I brought to the table. And then when we went to other churches and did they stuff, they was like, man, how you get these people so excited? They had never seen anything like that. And it was like, man, look at this. I just I just went, you know, with the direction that I knew what I was taught. And uh because of that, man, I I just you know, I just kept going. And uh yeah. So you had an um, opportunity, you had an opportunity. Um, kind of a door kind of closed in your face. You had a conversation. You found a place where you can be used, where 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 your gifts were still appreciated. You were able to start a movement there. What made you not want to give up on God or the call that was on your life, even though you were disappointed? Because I had a relationship with God. Hmm. See, there's a difference between having a relationship with your pastor and actually having one with God. Ooh, say that again, bro. Um. Yeah, man. And like, here's the difference. <clears throat> this is how you can tell if you have a relationship with your pastor or God. If you're always calling your pastor mm. as if he was God. Mm. There you go. It's that simple. But it's the hardest thing in the world. Right? Because hey, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to call my pastor. Not for the same thing. Mm. Not, not for the same thing. I got to understand, like, we all have a novice stage, right? Um, every, every, there's there's a novice stage in everything, but there are tests to prove where we need to go. Everything in life has a test, man. Everything in life, first grade, you get tested, so you can go to the second grade. Second grade, you get tested, so you can go to the third grade, third grade, and so on, fourth and so on. So everything in life is going to be a test. There is no growth without challenge. Period. Mm-hmm. Period. But if you do not understand the importance of studying, you will always be going back to your first grade teacher when you're no longer supposed to be relying on their input because your mind has matured to a point, whereas their input is automatic. Mm. And so 
because I had a relationship with God, man, um, there is no, there is no, there, there's a difference between separating from a pastor and separating from, you know, like I can never be separated from God. Even when I wasn't even going to church. You know what I'm saying? There, there is a draw there. You know, that, that, that this uh, unbreakable draw. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, even in hurt and disappointment, and that's beyond just the church and the place of worship or whatever, just life period, man. When you have something that is my kid, I'll always be my kid. You know what I'm saying? No matter which, which direction they go in life, which choice they make, they will never be not my child. Now, is that because they know that or because I know that? No matter what the disconnect is, this, that revelation has to be mine. And if it's not, and I'll be like, oh, they did this. I don't throw them away because I have a relationship because they're mine. And that's how it is with God. A lot of people, it's just God is not theirs. They think it is, but it's not. That's real. The pastor is. That's real. So I don't know if y'all caught that, caught that nugget that the brother just dropped. Brother B. Lim just dropped is that a lot of people have a relationship with a pastor. They don't have a relationship with God. And that was one of the things that kept him in the faith and kept him seeking, kind of going on the, on the same path where he felt called to go. And obviously it opened other doors um, for him, other opportunities. And I'm sure he changed so many other lives because he didn't give up on the things that God put on his heart. He didn't give up on his ministry. He didn't give up on, on God. And so hopefully you guys got something from that, man. Yeah, I think man. anything else you want to share, anything else just burning? The greatest place you'll ever experience God is the dark places. Hmm. He's the only thing you can focus on anyway. So that's good. Stop trying to stop trying to run out of it, man. I make my bed in the dark places, not in broad daylight. All right, man. Even though I think you got that quote from from The Dark Knight Rises, you know, when when Bane <laughs> was talking about Bane, yeah, when he was Bane, look. Let me tell you something, man. Let me tell you something. When I heard that quote, it wasn't even the first time I saw the movie. It was, it was the the clips and when you realize how real that statement is <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. what I'm saying? but the only reason why you will realize how real that statement is is if you actually go Something. someplace where there is no light at all none and you mm-hmm. still keep moving Lord of God. And that's the then and that's and that's it, bro. I was man, like I was I was there, man. You know what I'm saying? Like like that that accident with my kids changed my life. I had nobody to call, but everybody still was calling me. I was in the darkest of places. I was divorced, I was suicidal, man. I was that's where having a relationship with God versus a pastor is everything because even pastors were still calling me. You know what I'm saying? So, man, I, I, 
You know, David went in a cave and came out stronger for a reason. You know, there's 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 a reason for everything, man. So whether it's hurt, disappointment, you know, don't turn on God. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, humans are humans are humans, man. But you'll always get your power to to get back to get back to, you know, what I'm saying. That's good. The plan. That's good. Everything is for a reason. Everything is for a reason. Everything, Everything is, is for a reason. And you can come out stronger on the other side of your situation. Hopefully you guys got something from this episode. A spa wrinkle blemish, man. B Lim, I love if you could just kind of close us out in a, a prayer for anybody that's in a dark place, anybody that's thinking about giving up on God. Uh, just encourage them through a prayer, man. Um, yeah, man, just go ahead. Yeah, man. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this time right now. Uh, whatever it was that brought us to this moment in my brother's life, uh, to start this podcast, uh, to my life, to have me on the, the opposite spectrum uh, of the camera, uh, the things that we share, the things that we experience, every every ounce of it, man. Let there be, if there be, somebody just catching wind of this, man, through this dialogue, uh, they hear something that's triggering I pray, Lord, for the God that it just reveals the truth within themselves and that they find themselves uh, unmasked and unhinged to deal with the real emotional feelings and that they hear your voice yeah, in some type of way, and that they remember you know, the foundation of who you are, not who you may have placed in front of them in some type of way and just develop a hunger to just better themselves uh, via studying, finding a therapist, just getting resettled on who you are and the reason why you put them here specifically so that they won't see the disappointment in men, thank you, but honor the call in you. Yeah. And for that, man, we say amen. We say thank you and uh, keep moving forward. Amen. Amen. Brother B. Lim, man, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, we, we was talking about God so long. I, I can't let you go without getting you on record for what's going to happen with this Lions game, man. <laughs> Lions is going to win. Lions is about to play. Uh, who we yeah, play? Stafford. playing the Rams. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Stafford um, come home. It's going to be a great game. Uh, I want the Lions to win. I want Dallas to win. And I'm looking for that running back. Oh, yeah. We want all that smoke. The <laughs> only problem is, I think, as we are recording this, uh, Dallas was being old Dallas for a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to, I'm, I'm going to give you the score right now. It's the end of the third quarter. Dallas is playing Green Bay. And Green Bay got 41. Dallas got 16. Oh, really? Hey, man, we'll take, we take Green Bay, too. We don't like them, neither. Oh, yeah. We definitely. We definitely <laughs> smack them. Whoever, whoever like them come up. Whoever come yeah. up. So, yeah, right, we want man. the smoke because we got the extinguishers. Exactly. Here we go. All right, <laughs> man. I appreciate you again coming on the show, man. It's been another great episode of Spot Wrinkle Blemish. For everybody out there, make sure you connect with me, spotwrinkleblemish.com. Make sure you um, connect with me on Instagram um, and all the other social medias. What's your, what's your Instagram? Where can they follow you, man? Man, you can follow me on uh, Instagram at uh, Brian C. Lemon Sr. That's B-R-I-A-N-C-L-E-M-O-N-S-S-R. Um, and that's pretty much where I'm, where I'm at faithfully. You know, you want to catch me on social media, you want to catch me there. 
And uh, yeah, you can catch me on Amazon. Uh, my books are available on Amazon. All you gotta do is just type in my name, Brian C. Lemons, and all four of my my, um, my books will come up, man. And you know they encourage you, they inspire you to keep moving forward. And that's what life is all about. That's what I'm about. Let's get it. All right, appreciate you, brother. Till the appreciate next time, you. Spot Wrinkle Blemish family. Let's get it.